What is going on, our podcast viewers? Welcome back to another wonderful episode of What in the World podcast on this beautiful Father's Day. So first off, happy Father's Day to all you fathers out there, if you are. And if you're not a father, like Alex just told me, happy not a Father's Day. Uh, to, with us tonight, we have DC Glenn. Some of you um, may know or remember him from the popular duo tag team for their uh biggest known song whoop there it is and also from the geico commercial remix parody of the same we are super excited to have dc on tonight to talk to him about shoot anything and everything what he's working on right now he gave me a little insight right before we got started on some stuff so it's gonna be a good one for sure dc welcome on my man man it's good to be here Good, good. Oh, I guess I should also probably take care of the chicken wing in the room uh, before we go any farther. So, yeah, I definitely uh, fractured my radio bone this weekend um, doing some drunk shenanigans, but it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Paid the price for it. I was it. just going to say, how'd you do that, Ben? I was, you know, drunk shenanigans. Don't worry about it. Um, but the lesson here is don't, you know, run full sprint after your buddies when you're hammered at three o'clock in the morning an hour away from home it Good is advice, it is. Sir. <laughs> it is what it is small price to pay it was a wild weekend mm -hmm. but yeah anyway so that that's out of the way i i wanted to start uh, uh adc thanks for being here man um i remember i was mowing the yard today doing some yard work thinking like what do I want to ask him? And I was thinking, like, when is the first time I heard 
the song, the most famous song, Whoop, There It Is. And I think that was the very first ever rap or hip-hop song that I think I ever heard, because I distinctly remember being in my uncle's pool in Kansas City, Missouri, and he loved that song. He played that song probably a hundred times that weekend we were there to visit him. And it kind of came home with us, and we would listen to it all the time. That was like probably the first rap hip-hop song I ever heard. And I loved it. I've loved it ever since. That is the writing theme of my whole life. First rap record I ever heard, first cassette tape, first CD, child's first words. <laughs> uh, just anything possible that you could think of, Whoop, there it is, was a part of it. So as far as uh, that goes, we've got, we've been, this is our 30-year anniversary, actually. Okay. And we've been singing that song for 30 years. Well, that song is old as me. Still touring. We're on like three different tours right now. I was lucky to have a weekend off because it's about to get um, difficult again. Mm. And what I love most about touring is that just every city is something new. Yeah. If you've been there before, you're still going to find something new. So we, we travel all over the world, and I just love seeing how other people live. Mm-hmm. That's one reason I love touring. Then get to be a kid again on the weekends. Go back <laughs> to my youth. And then it's very, 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 very lucrative now because we're just in that nostalgia phase. Right. And right. It is, to me, it is a um, testament of perseverance, tenacity, and just never giving up and, you know, playing offense no matter what and that's mm-hmm. what we've done for the last 30 years so nice. very uh blessed and very happy to be talking to you people tonight and uh like i said just ask me what you want yeah oh i can attest to the to the uh the lucrative thing because i've been going to quite a few concerts this year and it's all uh it's all you know my my emo bands that i like love listening to growing up but they're all on their, like their, mm-hmm. their 20 year anniversary tour like i'm going to one here in a few weeks and it's their 20 year anniversary and i'm like Dang, they've really been around that long, but like the shows are the shows are all sold out. So like all of us are gonna hit it like we're going back to the nostalgia of it, trying to just you know grasp that that you know first time seeing them in concert feel again. And it's crazy because I think that people long for good music because once oh, you hear sure. music, good music, you're not gonna not know good music. Exactly. People were making good music exactly. today. People like it. Good music is good music because I'm a, I've been a DJ for forty years, right? Mm-hmm. I've been a DJ since I was a kid. So for me to not listen to music because there's nothing for me to listen to, I know what music is, mm-hmm. right? I know what I'm looking for. I know that I want something to hit me in a way that's like, ooh, what's that? Yeah, that never happens to me because it just doesn't. Now that's I'm not. I don't knock anybody for what they do because every generation does what they do, mm-hmm. right? And I've had my time, right? So I'm not one of these old, bitter rappers who are pissed off that, you know, can't hate on young people for being young. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <You> just, <laughs> right. So that's just how they do it. But I know, you know, I know why it is the way it is. And that was an interesting statistic that this year, there has not been one number one record or album on the Billboard charts this year so far. 
from from the urban side. That's unheard. Wow, really? Yeah, and the reason is because everybody's chasing clout. Everybody's look at me, look at me. Yeah. And nobody's concentrating. Everybody wants to be famous. Everybody wants to be a star. Everybody, you know, and it, it's just, um, I'm not going to say, I've never, ever acted like a star because I was a DJ. Mm-hmm. And I used to watch how stars would act. And I was like, I don't want no parts of that because yeah, I see me. how people treat them. Right? I see them rise and I see them fall. Uh-huh. And I see how they treat people on the way up. And when they're stars and then when they fall, everybody revels in their demise. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. a lot of people can't come back from that. Right. So yeah. I knew from an early age, plus, you know, I was raised correctly. And I would have got, I've come from a long family of, aunties and aunts and people who would have slapped me in my yeah, face. Yeah, it gets thumped when you do something wrong, for sure. <laughs> right, so that was never me, but I see how it manifests in these kids today. Yeah. Yeah, you can There's tell they definitely did get thumped on the way up growing up. Yeah, but I tell, I tell all the older cats, I was like, you're worried about the wrong thing. Worry about now. Because you have something that they'll never have. Mm-hmm. Which is experience what i do i already know what they know once i add my experience to it it's a whole nother ball game you know yeah, and i could make another record again if i wanted to but what got a forever hit record called won't there it is and i right. make money <laughs> you make it that thing probably one of the that's one of the most used songs like yeah. in media like, ever so the royalties off of that have got to be astronomical i mean it's a good living yeah. right we were also in a 20-year legal battle. No right? way. Yeah, which tested me, you mm-hmm. know, and I could have looked at the glass half empty or mm-hmm. could have looked at it half full. I basically became a paralegal because I knew I would get my day in court. Right. And we didn't get that thing resolved to 2017. But I knew back in the day that I had, you know, I, I could have been bitter. And it mm-hmm. was hard because I'm sitting in the movie theater looking at, you know, Elf. Yep. Here comes Will Ferrell dancing on the table to whoop. There it is. And I knew nothing about it. Mm. They just ripped it and used it. it. I was pissed off. I had to push it to the back of my head. And I was, what's the glass half full, DC? Mm-hmm. The glass half full is that you're in a Christmas movie that is a hit. Yeah. And it is going to last forever. And it is going to be played at nauseum every Christmas. Mm-hmm. So the world will continue to know who what whoop there it is is. Right? It is up to you. To go get your money. Because ain't nobody mm-hmm. going to give you nothing. Don't nobody owe you nothing. And don't nobody care. Right? Yeah. And once I realized that, my life changed in a way that I have never looked back. And I just grind. Hell yeah. Learn. Whatever I got to do to learn what I need to learn, to get to where I need to get to, that's mm-hmm. what I got to do. And it has been 30 years of doing that. I'm learning, to, learning SEO learning um, digital marketing, learning Photoshop, mm-hmm. learning how to do videos, learning social media, learning fashion photography, learning all the things that I would need voiceover. I'm an actor now. Like all yeah, those things. Yeah, I saw that. Old in, and they come, you know, my father used to say, boy, you a jack of all trades, master none. Like, yep. Yeah. And I never really listened <laughs> to it, but the beauty of that phrase is that if you live long enough and you get past 
what life has baked in the cake for you. Mm-hmm. All those trades come back to serve you in ways that you could have never imagined. Because that's the part of experience that takes you to the next level. Right? Yeah. You've been through some stuff, right? So for me, wherever I was, like as a DJ, I'm not just your DJ. I'm your light guy. I'm your sound guy. I'm mm-hmm. the guy that does the pictures. I'm the guy that does the radio spots. I'm the guy that does the flyers. I'm the guy that does all these things that you have to pay 10 people to do. That's called getting in the corridor. Mm-hmm. And I tell people to do that these days who are at a dead-end job. They're, like, they're just complaining about their jobs. Like, well, learn what your supervisor does. Learn what the boss does. Because you never know somebody, when a up, higher-up's going to come and say, where's such and such? I need this done. You'd be like, I got it. Mm-hmm. Most people are like, I ain't about to do all that extra work. But it's like, you don't even understand that because you do that extra work, you're educating yourself. And when you educate yourself in a no-win situation, even if you got fired or even if you got laid off, what you've just done is you've just elevated yourself because the transition to the next thing is easier. And then you become more hungry and then you, you seek more knowledge. But it ain't for everybody, right? Everybody's not built like that. Some right. people want it. Most people want it quick. I want it quick, but I'm still willing to put in the work. Right? I still willing to do whatever it takes because it ain't nothing but work. I've, I, as a grown man, I have never not known work because I had a paper route since I was like eight years old. I've had a job since I was eight. So work is nothing for me. Yeah. I mean, you know, Especially, I don't mean yeah. to get on a tangent about. No, 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 it's all right, dude. It's that's information that 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 uh. I know people wonder, how in the hell, you make a thirty-year career on one song? That's how you make a thirty-year career on one song. Mm-hmm. You hustle. Mm-hmm. It's never over. You still got to reinvent yourself. You still got to stay relevant. And through all the technologies that have passed us. I've been masterful at them and I've been able to keep us popping, right? I'm always looking for a television performance. I'm always looking for uh, TV commercials. I'm always looking for extra stuff so we can always stay relevant Mm -hmm. and just keep pumping that record to generations after generations of people. You know, I think it's... Every all of the most successful people I've ever talked to in my life, you being included in that group, have all had that mentality of, listen, the world doesn't owe me anything. No, nobody, you know, owes me anything. And success is paid daily and rents due every day. Right. So you have to find ways to continue to be successful because nobody's going to hand you anything and the world doesn't owe you anything. You know, the, the elf example is a perfect example of, of something that really could have taken you to a place of, you know, spite or, um, you know, man, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, this is bullshit. You know, I should be making real. I mean, you see elf on TV every damn Christmas, a hundred times a Christmas, you know. Um, but that mentality that you have, I think, and again, translating back to like the music that's being made today, I'm the same way. I, I really don't listen to a lot of music anymore, honestly. Um, most of what I listen to is podcasts, and it's not because I don't like music. It's just because I know what I like, and there's a time when I listen to music 
and there's really no new songs on that playlist, you know. And, and that we got go knowledge. Ahead. We can get knowledge. We could get knowledge quicker at any time in human history. And knowledge is the new crack rock for me. I promise mm-hmm. you. I go through courses daily. Right? I I coined the phrase learn how to learn. Not not enough just to learn. You gotta learn how to learn. Right? Example, you know, it, I mean, it's just so many examples of where what do I have to do to learn something? Well, I'm gonna join an organization or I'm gonna go go to this uh Go to this conference, or I'm gonna go look get this course, or I'm gonna you know look at YouTube videos, or I'm gonna do this, or gonna do that, and those kind those are the kind of easy things. But really figuring out how to reverse engineer and how to think differently and how to control your emotions and how to stay moving forward that takes you, right? And I always tell people it's like this ain't for everybody. It's not because there's most people are not willing to do what I'm willing to do. To seek the knowledge to get my money. Mm-hmm. I'm always going to get my money, period. Right. Um, and that's fun for me. Yeah. So we like to we like to do these live on YouTube, so we have a live chat going. So one of our, mm-hmm. one of our viewers have asked us, where, where do you find your inspiration for your music? I don't do music no more. So So it did. So when you did. <laughs> when you're young like that, you're just making records. I, you know, here's, okay, so I'll explain it perfectly. It's amazing, and I'm so blessed. I get to, this. Is, this gets to even come out of my mouth, right? Is that all the people who were my influences? I'm on tour with now, and I tell them stories about where I was at and what I was doing and how much I loved their record. But in the same breath, they turn around and they tell me the same damn thing. That's awesome. Doesn't get any better, right? Yeah. Last weekend, we're in D.C. I'm with Sugar Hill Gang and Young MC, right? Those are my people. We do shows all, we're family. Mm-hmm. Week before, I was with CNC Music Factory, uh, Tone Loke, um, Kid and Play. These are my family, right? Because mm-hmm. we all grew up together. But I grew up, I, I, DJ, I DJed playing their records. I went to their movies, right? Uh, Rapper's Delight is one of the first rap songs. I changed the game. Hell yeah. Then Hell I yeah. get to be on the same stage with my heroes, with the people who influenced my music. And they turned right back around and said, man, I remember one time I was, and it just, just gives me chills when, when people, do. Mark McGrath, Sugar Ray, did that to me. Vanilla Ice did that to like everybody oh, does that to us, right? And I gotta tell you, it is the greatest feeling because there's not that many of us that are still touring, right? Salt and Pepper to Sir Mix a Lot to MC Hammer, everybody. We's all we're all family, and you know, they look at me, they know I hustle, right? Because here's here's a tip. You gotta let people see you hustle. All right, people see you hustle, they're interested in what you're doing. So whenever I whenever we travel, first thing I do, I sit up in the hotel lobby. And I got two computers, two laptops, and I'm grinding. Mm-hmm. They come in and you know, hey, look at him, tone look. Hey, look at DC. He he's trying to hack the internet. 
We're trying to hack the government. <laughs> like everybody, but it's being happy to see each other, right? Yeah. And as people start coming through, they're like, well, what are you, what are you up to? I'm like, hey man, I'm sitting here making prompts. And they're like, prompts? What's a prompt? It was like AI. And people, most people are like, oh, I don't know about that AI stuff. And I was yeah. like, man, you're tripping. I said, let the bad part be the bad part. That's that's gonna happen regardless. That's the good part. Right? Good part is I used to suck at writing. I suck at writing no more. <laughs> this is two months ago. Right? That was my Achilles heel of building websites. Mm, the writing part. I was getting out web pages like it's nothing. Right? I had to learn SEO. Because in 2011, the whole world thought Barack Obama was in our music video because Gawker had did an article on a clip they took from uh, a, a group called Deuce. There's a picture of this guy. He, they froze the frame. One frame, he looks exactly like Barack Obama, young young Barack okay. Obama. And we did ABC, NBC, CNN for two weeks. We were just talking to industry again. Yeah. And I was pissed off because at the end of those two weeks, I had no money in my pocket. Mm. That changed me. And I said, this this will and every time I have something traumatic happen to me, I don't fold or get depressed. I was like, that'll never, never again. happen. Never again. You just turn it, use it never as motivation as fuel for the fire. Yeah, that's what started my SEO career, search engine optimization, the ability mm-hmm. to get on the people who can pay you. Mm-hmm. The ability to get on the first page of Google. Right? I'm masterful at it now. After all these years, the ability to be found. If I'm not found, if I can't be found, we don't get to do a Geico commercial because mm. they found me and I made it easy for them to find me. Right? Yeah. And the end of your podcast, you say, well, you got, where, where, where can people find you? And every podcast is what they're saying, well, where can people yeah. find you? And there, there isn't one thing. You can find, you type in anything that got to do with tag team, you're going to see me. Because I am that good at search engine optimization. I'm just going to tell them at the end of this that we gives you the recipe, right? But most people can't twist their head to think about it, right? I thrive in the bizarro world. Mm -hmm. Those who don't know what the bizarro world is, Superman has a nemesis. (laughs) Bizarro is, is, is himself, but the evil Superman. And if he gets teleported into his world, that's the evil world, but I thrive in the evil world because I know how to reverse engineer things to survive, right? So I'm looking for solutions in everything I do. And I can tell you, Chat GPT has changed my life in ways I never thought. I, I never thought. I never thought I'd be able to learn at this level this fast. Mm. Implement all the things that I ever wanted to do in my businesses. By myself. It ain't for everybody. Yeah. It's, it's been brutal. Because yeah. you have to you have to teach this robot. Yeah. You gotta tell it, hey, you are an award winning line editor and copywriter. Write me a but if you just be like, write me a, a, a thing on this, and then most people just want it to be push button and they're like, Man, this don't even work. Mm-hmm. You coach that it the only way it works is if you are intellectually sound to even be able to feed the robot what you want. So you better know what you want before you even start. Right. 
right? So all the things that I've learned, I've been able to just springboard into other things and other things. Now I'm coming up with combinations and just recipes of things that I never thought I would be able to do. Because I try to hire people to do them, but people overpromise and underdeliver. Mm-hmm. And it got to the point where I just I just had to pin my ears back and do it myself because there are not many people who can do what I do. Right. Nobody knows tag team better than me, right? And that's the key. Got to know, like I'm building my own language model. I'm building tag team GPT, so the world will know exactly what tag team is, was, always, and forever through our narrative mm. as opposed to just Somebody frivolous else. stuff all on the internet right. right yeah reputation management that's what that is and most people don't even wouldn't even think about that everybody's looking at social media i do social media no i don't no everybody's like look at me look at me and that's not what social media is i'm like that's cool though because people people got to do that people want to do that I hear it, but a lot of it is a ploy for attention. So for me, I use social media in a totally different way because I don't need 100,000 people to like me. I just need 100 people to pay me. Mm-hmm. So it's a different ball game because I'm trying to rank all my posts on the first page of Google for the people who need what I have to offer. Instead of carpet bombing everybody, and yeah. just saying, look at me while you're pulling that slot machine or you just scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and your hashtags get lost in the abyss. Mm-hmm. And nobody ever sees you. But if I'm in the front of concert promoters saying, hey, this is what we do and we're pretty damn good at it. Well, then I get a call. Then it goes to my agent and then my agent makes a deal. And then now we've got shows for the next three years. It's a different, it, this is the greatest time in history. If I knew all this when I was, I'd never known it now. I could yeah. put out a record if I want to, but I would never put out a record the way we did back then. Mm-hmm. I made music, it'd be in commercials or it'd be in a movie. I'd let them do the work for me. Right. Nobody would ever know it was me because I don't have to have that. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to get the placement of the music so I can get the check and the residuals because though that that's, Different forms of passive income. That's like having a a, a rental, pro- a yeah, rental rent, property. Yeah, rent, rental properties. Yep, yep. Yeah, yep. man. Right, because it all is always going to pay you. Yeah, it'll be there. You don't have to do anything but build it one time. Yeah. That's it. You don't have to maintain it or nothing. Minimal effort to That's maintain perfect. positive income always. Always. So, you know, I've I've had a lifetime of ups and downs, but every down. Has an, is an opportunity to get 10 more things. Yeah. Depending on your mindset. Mm-hmm. So well, it's all about learning, right? It's all about yeah, man. learning. Failure is never the, like, the end. There's always a lesson to be had in failure. And if you're smart enough and mature enough to like take a look at that failure and say, what went wrong here? What can we do better next time? And then move, take that moving forward to the same situation again, it'll be good. That's why they call it game tape. Why Tom Brady and Peyton Manning sit there for hours when everybody out else is doing whatever they do? They sitting there looking at tape. Mm-hmm. Why did this happen? How could this? How could this be better? What are we gonna do? What's what's going on? Right? Mm-hmm. And you know, I 
I don't care, man, because I'm going. I'm. Go, I, I just feel like I don't even feel my age. I'm so excited about what's going on in my life, right? Because I'm learning things that I, I, I love to learn, and maybe you know this. This is what I leave people with all the time. But I'm gonna start it now. Is that there are a couple keys to me doing what I do that really helps me. Mm-hmm. And the fact that I'm a part of 30 different organizations is one of the biggest reasons for my success. Because I'm in everything from grant writing associations to National Speakers Association. I'm a speaker. I'm in all the music organizations. I'm in, you know, uh, notary, <laughs> notary <laughs> public organizations. Like when notary. I want to learn, I join an organization, mm-hmm. right? Because organizations are filled with people who have been doing it doing it for 10, 20, 30 years, and they're masterful at what they're doing, right? Yeah. And they can't wait to tell you. Just like I'm sitting here spitting all this game to you, can't wait, couldn't wait to do the podcast today. Yeah. I know I got something for you, right? Mm-hmm. And, and and it's it's so amazing because that Geico commercial happened to us during the pandemic, so therefore we couldn't yeah. go anywhere. Mm-hmm. nobody could see us I was like forget that we, I'm going to do something so I tried to get a publicist mm-hmm. the publicist they didn't want to work because they didn't know how to do nothing in the pandemic so I was like I'm going to be my own damn publicist and I joined the Public Relations Society of America and Super Bowl week two years ago or three years ago in the, in, yeah, Super Bowl week 2021 mm-hmm. I am on this podcast or this Zoom cast with this CEO of this PR firm and I raised my hand I'm like our press release is still relevant she's like well what's it for I'm like well I'm kind of featured in a national Geico commercial called Scoop there it is <laughs> I'm looking at the chat now the chat started blowing up and everybody's like oh my god what's he doing here that's not him man my mother loves that my father lo-. like yeah. I just blew the entire chat <laughs> that's how I leverage who I am right I don't yeah. just people over the head with it but i subtly leverage it in so now everything's about me and i have everybody's full attention and i know that press releases are still relevant but i'm playing the game because you've got to let them see you hustle mm-hmm. and she was like of course that press release is going to work because the whole last year every story's been COVID. the whole last year every story's been political here you guys come spinning scoops and throwing sprinkles and bc or smile and you yeah. go here for all the publicists, here for all the TV talk shows, here for all the uh, radio shows, here for all the, just everything, here for all the podcasts, right. right? And that right there changed my life forever because I dropped that press release on a Wednesday. I get a call Thursday from the Dan Patrick show Friday. Me and Dan Patrick and Steve are talking about strip clubs and Tom Brady Super Bowl weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah! You see what I'm saying? And yeah. I asked the producer, I was like, "How did you even? How did you even know to do this?" She's like, "I saw the press release. We wanted, we wanted in on that because mm-hmm. we kind of had something to do." And we we're like, "Well, we kind of like, nope, we want tag team." Mm. And all of that, right, is the reason we are sitting here on a Sunday night talking because I joined that organization because. This is PR. This is yeah. me practicing articulation. This is me practicing storytelling. 
This is me learning how to meet new people. This is me studying other people on the side. This mm-hmm. is me seeing how people react to what I'm saying. This is how me coming up with different analogies, learning how to teach people in different ways. This is going to serve as SEO juice because if you put my name in any any name that you put in, the title is going to pop in Google. Now I've got a thousand podcasts and everything is positive. Mm-hmm. Because I'm killing 14 birds with one stone. Gotta take every opportunity and turn it into 10, no matter what. It's never over. And I just, in my ears, back. And then here's the thing it's not a quit pro quo for me. Mm. Like, I plant seeds. I don't plant these seeds and then, all right, see you grow. This yeah. seed ain't grow. I quit. Right, that's people who take courses and think they're gonna get rich and then just quit. You don't hear from yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. See, I plant them seeds, and I know I, I don't even plant the seed unless I know that I'm gonna be I'm prepared for it. Because mm-hmm. planting a seed is preparation. You don't know how that seed is gonna grow, but you can't be emotionally attached to it because it might take a year, it might take two weeks, it might take five years, it might take ten. Mm-hmm. But I can tell you that the seed that I planted. 30 years ago, whoop, there it is. It's now Sequoia. It ain't going nowhere. All these seeds I've been planting coming back to hit me in the head. Every year, no matter what, there is a harvest. That's the beauty of planting seeds. Most years are good. Some years are not going to be that good, but every year you're going to be able to eat. Yeah, it's going to be something for you. It's going to be something for you. You You don't know how it manifests itself, and but the pandemic taught me that it's never over. As long as you're breathing, it's not over. Mm. Bro, yeah, any day above ground is a good day. For me, it was beautiful because the other side's the other side. But we were all in the Serengeti together. And it was wild. And everybody was like, what the hell am I going to do? And I chose to reinvent myself. I couldn't go do shows, couldn't do this, but I could come. I could rock this mic. I started booking that voiceover like I never booked that voiceover. Then I got a call to do my first movie because I've been acting since 2017, going to class every day, getting it in, right? And all that I do has byproducts, byproducts of what it does, like acting. Mm-hmm. Acting for me, byproduct is that my job is to get rejected. Therefore, I don't get emotional about rejection anymore. My job is you're not going to get the job anyway. This is not about what if you can act or not. It's about are you right for the job? Mm-hmm. Once you realize that you're free, almost like once you realize don't nobody care, ain't nobody here to save you, ain't no, don't nobody owe you nothing, you're free. And shot my first movie during the pandemic, shot my second movie during the pandemic. And then here comes Geico. In a pandemic. Mm, yeah. Because I kept hustling, play offense. I'm not emotional about what I do. Right? I know that if I work my ass off and keep keep intellect at a certain level and keep learning, sky's the limit as long as you're breathing. That's there are like a hundred things that you just said that I wanted to touch on at one point or another, but I, when you're cooking, man, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> give me cook. more. Let like pump cook. it just straight it into yeah. my veins. 
But what, what you said about, uh, you know, there's one thing that I wanted to touch back on. I think it's brilliant the way you said, you know, I don't need 100,000 people to follow me on social media. I need 100 people to pay me, you know, and that's I think that's what gets lost in such a saturated market like social media. You know, everybody wants to be a TikTok influencer, or, you know, uh, that market's already saturated. So, you know, you doing things like, you know, writing code and, and coming up with a, a tag team chat GPT. I mean, yeah. things like that are what's going to perpetuate you to the next level of success, you know, exactly. and, and, it's such a cliche saying, but I think it's so true. You know, luck is the byproduct of hard work. And so many people are not willing in to put the work in. They just want it all to come to them. Well, we live in, you a, know, in a society, in a generation now of instant gratification. They want it's it always, now. It has always been like that. Everybody yeah. wants it. My father told me, he told me when I was young, right before I went, there it is. Right when it was hitting, he said, come here, boy, I'm going to tell you something. He said, when I was in high school, first year in college, and I was in high school, all my friends, you know, they was hustling. Some of them had Cadillacs. They had all the girls. And your grandmother used to make me go to school. And I used to kind of hate her for it because I wanted to be with my friends and with the girls in the Cadillac. And he said that was the dumbest thing to think because because I went to school and I'm an educator. Now I have a doctorate degree and now I'm the dean of a university. I'm the one that got all the Cadillacs and all I needed was the one woman. Right? And I was like, whatever, Dad. I'm going ball forever. But I listened to what he said. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, I'm all, that's the best. Me, that's my biggest gift is that I listen. I might not agree, but I'm listening because I'm trying to, there is truth in every negative thing that somebody says to you. Mm -hmm. Amen. And there, and, and some people say stuff to you from their experiences. So it's not in a negative form. The people who say the most negative things to you are the people who love you the most. It's they're true. not being negative. They're just seeing it from their perspective because they know you. Right. So I take that and I'm like, well, what if, and, and, and instead of getting emotional about it and, be, and being pissed off that nobody supports me and all that crap, right? Because it gets like that. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it, it's hard to sequester, but that's what kills people. Pride and ego. Yeah. And I learned the ability to sequester my ego and kill my pride to a level where I'm totally twisted now because I see a solution in every problem. What they say, stay away from negative people. You'll never bring them on because for every negative person gives me an excuse or a problem, they've just given me a solution to that negative excuse and a problem. They've just given me the tools to go and re-engineer what's wrong with them and what they feel about it and make myself better. So if somebody's like, well, I think you're this and that, 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 like, all right, they don't know what the hell they're talking about. But what if what they were saying is true? Mm. What would you do about it? And that's an exercise I tell for everybody. What if what that person, you get in an argument with somebody, they say something slick. What if what that person was saying is true? What would you do about it? How do you get better? And 
even though you might not believe what they say, mm-hmm. you come up with that solution. Now you put it in your pocket or you put it in your toolbox. Yeah. I got a dang Home Depot. No, I got an Ace Hardware. <laughs> Unless it's like that. Where I have the perfect tool for any situation in life that comes at me so I don't get flustered too much. Right. Because I can listen to people and take their, you know, whatever it is and turn it into something positive because that's how I am. Right. And then you've got it. I can't it. get away because my spirit's not like that. Right. And then you've I'm got it. Get this paper. Yeah. Right? I'm trying to hustle. And I've been, I've, you know, I've been successful, but it's like, I want everybody's like, what do you want, DC? And I was like, I want mastery. Because even it's like, you're never going to get mad. You can't be, not going to be master of some stuff. But it's that mindset gets you to the ballpark. You're in the ballpark, you're good. (laughs) Things change, life changes, things evolve, right? Right. And if you evolve with them, that's a form of mastery that they don't teach you, right? People think you could just do some stuff, and once you've accomplished it, it's done. What about that next level of it, right? And that's why I love this AI stuff, because we're at the beginning. Think if you could have been, there have been times in my life where I look back on them, like, whoop, there it is, came, came out. We got money, but I should have took that money, put it in Yahoo, or put it in, you know, that's when the internet started. We had one of the first websites on the internet even know what it was if i knew what it was back if i go back and do that again my life would have been totally different right and 2000 could have hit that bubble and and made money could have hit the real estate bubble in the early 2000s and got out i could have could have took advantage of everything being low and jumped back in 2009 Mm -hmm. could have hit the uh uh crypto thing in 2011 yeah, because I mean, even at the, even the beginning of the pandemic, but when there's trauma, everybody go to their corners. Like I ain't trying to, man. I don't know what's gonna happen because there's always something in the world where it just seems worse than it just seems bad. But this right here, everybody can say what they want. I've been more. I've never been this productive. I've had, I've had three, four employees at one time that can't do all this. And it's like, I can't even hire anybody because I'd have to teach them. And that learning curve for them would just be way too much. Because mm-hmm. I'm the one that's making the prompts. I'm the one that is the solution to all my problems because I know what I want. And now you have a supercomputer. And this it hasn't even got to where it's going to be because you've got I mean, you just it's just so much technology that's going to speed all of this up that what would take me to ask me a question, I might come up with two, three answers. I type that same question in a bot the right way in a prompt, it comes back with 2,000 answers. Right. You're dealing with a super computer, super right? Super computer, yep. Computer that you could teach to do what you needed to do for you. Right now, everybody's like, "Well, what if it takes over?" And like, well, if it takes over, it takes over. If it takes over, I'm gonna be able to bargain with it. But like, hey, dog, I, don't <laughs> hey, I, tr- I treated you right. I treated you right. Remember, remember me. Remember DC. I'm riding with you. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, <laughs> yeah. I already know that somebody's gonna use it. Man, there's always gonna be, always and forever, there's gonna be somebody getting it, 
somebody that's not. Mm-hmm. It's up to you to choose what side you're going to be on. That's why I hate I hate when people say, don't teach us that. Well, they ain't supposed to teach you that. No, they don't. Hey, well, they changed these laws. Every, everybody's a warrior for something. It's like, well, they changed the laws. Why not? Instead of being mad about it, because you can't do nothing about it, why don't you see why they changed the law and who they changed the law for, and then adapt your business to be take advantage of that law that you changed? Right. Yep. How many people get mad at tax codes when they change? Well, figure out what they did and then adjust. Mm-hmm. Well, they're not going to do this. We'll figure out what they're doing and adjust. And now, depending on what you do and depending on how you are, depending on how sensitive you are and all that crap, I, you know, I understand. But at the same time, I'm not about to sit here and be no victim on something I got control over. I had, I, I have control over. All I got is control over is what I do. Right? I choose to hustle. So you can throw anything that you want at me. I'm gonna figure out a way. You know, like in Jurassic Park, mm-hmm. oh boy, said, life finds a way. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, I took that. Like, yeah, hustle finds a way too. Real. It 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 does, and it always will, you know. And and the the learned helplessness that we see in a lot of our culture today is just it's mind blowing to me. I I feel like we were raised kind of in similar ways to you know. One of my favorite quotes uh, from David Goggins is, "No one's coming to save you, right? No no one's coming to save you." And growing up it was very much like that for me. Now, granted, I had great parents and if anything, you could say maybe didn't spoon feed me, but you know, at times maybe were too easy on me, but at the same time, the accountability was always there. And, and I don't understand this. I think it's a learned helplessness to where, and it's, it's the natural human reaction in, in some ways, but but people just cling to that and then they hold on to it and they never get out of that cycle mm-hmm. and they think someone's coming to save them. And it's like, bitch, no one is coming to save you. <laughs> so figure it out, you know, move, do something, move on. I, I don't yourself. know how to help you, but you need to figure it out because it's you and nobody's coming to save you. So what are you going to do next? A young lady called me today, a tag team phone. She said, I can sing. I could really sing. And, you know, can you do something for me? And I was like, I said, first of all, don't. I said, you got a lot bigger fish to fry than you can sing. And can I do something for you? It's like the way you just answered the phone when you call somebody where you want something from was 100% wrong. So even if I did want to help you, I couldn't. Mm. You were so ignorant in the way you you had no tact, no etiquette, no nothing. But that being said, I'm still going to try to help you. Right? She was like, just let me sing for you. I was like, I don't want you to sing for me. I said, you got to earn the right to sing for me. I got to know I'm not wasting my time with you. So here's your homework. Do this, 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 that, and that. She could not believe it. Wanted to cuss me out probably. Left me some messages <laughs> like, man, kiss my ass, right? <laughs> I'm like... I just gave you the game. Yeah. It was really about your business. If I want to go Anthony Robbins, if I want to go to Elon Musk, and he's like, I ain't messing with you, but if you do this, learn about this, this, and then come back and hit me in a month. You don't think I'm going to go do it? 
Yeah. You're probably going to have it done in a week. Yeah. Have it done yeah, in a yeah. week. Yeah. And I can't be able to talk to him about it. What you got next for me? What you got next after that? Because right now the commodity is time. Mm-hmm. You don't have time to be wasting. Why am I going to waste my time? And I already know how this story is going to go. I don't care if you're the greatest singer at all. You don't know your business. And I'm not a person that take advantage of people. So therefore, I'm not looking for nobody to do that. Mm-hmm. And I despise the music industry on that level. I would never do that. I could never do that. And then I just can't deal with people who I'm not about to deal with. Because I already know that even if you blew up, I'm, I'm not going to be able to control it. Yeah. I want that. I don't want them problems. All right. So all I could do is give you my experience and help you, but I'm not going to do that unless I know that it's worth it. That's what I do with everybody. With people like, what, what music advice you got? Well, there's a book I got. I'm going to send you a file. Read that book and hit me back in a month. Nobody ever does it. Mm. It's like, I got 30 years worth of music, music industry experience I could give you, but everybody's thinking... Don't I got to go to the clubs and don't I got to do social media and don't I got to do this and don't I got to do that? And what I got to do to be a star is like, you're trying to be a star. I've just given you the whole music industry to where you can live and thrive forever in this one book. That's a book on music publishing because I've given you the back end. The front end is the money, the cars, the clothes, the women, all that crap. Mm. The back end is when all that fades, do you have the rights to your music? And if you learn about the rights to your music, you won't get suckered to let somebody take the rights of your music. And then you can live off a mediocre record forever because you can license it. Mm-hmm. Nobody ever does it because everybody wants to be a star. But then, ain't nothing wrong with that because I was like that too. I was like, I don't give a damn. I want to be a rock star and it's going to happen. I might have I might halfway would have sold my soul. that's why that narrative is so true because people are willing to sell their soul fame Mm -hmm. and and I I just I'm I'm happy and blessed that you know I used to I was going to tell you even if your parents did spoon for you so what because I had a wonderful childhood grew up Play by you know middle middle uh income middle class but man we grew up in a community rode bikes did all kind of stuff parents was dirt poor so it was like but they was like you know y'all not gonna need for nothing but we're gonna work y'all's ass off mm-hmm. <laughs> right? yeah exactly you know, it works for what you want i mean i had we had chores and we yep. had an allowance yep and like i said i've been shucking peas and stemming greens since I was five years old. You know, I, all the women in my family, when they see us come, we come down south to visit our family, man, they like put us to work. I'd be in the fields with my Uncle Hard picking watermelons, yeah, greens and cabbages and all that, and all that dirt and then have to go do this, then have to cook, then have to wa- uh, wash some clothes and learn how to do all that. And I'm a kid. Yeah. We still got to go play because it wasn't a lot. It was just they wanted to show, show me. Yep. All the females in my family said, you ain't going to never need no woman. And it was so true because don't no woman ever cook me because I cook so good. Mm-hmm. I'm a chef. I'm, a chef. <laughs> I'm basically a chef. And it's like, it's a, it was a curse, but it's also good because I'm self-sufficient, right? Yep. And, yep. you know, I worked, worked in a strip club for 30 years. So I was liberated as a man in my early 20s. 
because I realized that Gina is not the most important thing in the world. <laughs> right? Yeah. And once I learned that, I, I was free. Because it was like, oh, it's the first rule of hustling. Don't get high, don't get high on your own supply. Right? <laughs> that's why I was never trying to have sex with them girls, because that's my money. If yeah, I got a supply. Dollars, $30, $40 every night, why am I going to get messy? Yeah. Nah. With some vajayjay. Right? When I can teach them, be on their side, be their comrade, and make money hand over fist. There are a thousand strippers. I've been through three, four generations of strippers, and they all adore me because I've always taught them how to make money. Mm. I see it. I know how to get I know how to get money out of people. I was good at it. I DJed in the clubs, I DJed everywhere, right? All over the country. And I've just had a great life. I was already popular before Womp There It Is. DJing was everything for me. And it was a hard road. When everybody was out playing, I was downstairs spinning, tearing my daddy's records up. They used to laugh at me. Everybody used to laugh at me. Look at me now. Right? Uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, and I, I do it with grace and humility. I don't rub it in nobody's nose because who am I? Right? Mm -hmm. I'm still the same person. I'll never be, I'll never be a person that people think I ain't it's always going to be people who think you're this or think you're mm -hmm. that. Always me. I always treat people with respect and how I want to be treated. And, you know, that is my legacy. And, you know, I just, just really am excited about life. That's how everybody should be because you only get one. Yeah, make the best of it while you're here. And I'm going to ride this thing till the wheels fall off. Promise you. Oh. I, I was going to bring that up earlier. It's it's another funny reaction from a lot of people who are not willing to put the work in when they see somebody putting the work in. Look at that dumbass over there. Look at him spinning his wheels like that. Look at look at DC down in, the, in that basement tearing up those records thinking he's going to be somebody. You know, what what Ben and I did in the middle of the pandemic was we started a podcast. Now we're not anywhere where we want to be, but we're a lot further than the two viewers we used to get and think like, holy shit, people are actually watching, you know? Um, and I know, I, I know that I'm sure there's been friends or quote unquote friends, more like acquaintances who have been like, oh my God, another white dude starting a podcast. Like who does he think he's going to be? I, I don't know what it's going to turn out to be. And it might turn out to be nothing. It, we, we might not ever get, to i don't think anybody's going to get to rogan level or you know one of those popular yeah. podcasts but you don't know until you put the work in so put the work in and see where it goes and what's the worst thing that could happen that's why I, do, I don't discriminate on podcasts i'll mm -hmm. do the biggest or the smallest because we all in it together you know what yeah. i'm saying yeah oh so i know that if you had two listeners out there, somebody gonna get something from what I said. Somebody will, for sure. Even if it was no listeners, and then Alex and I are just gonna get something. Exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? A conversation. Yep. I've I've gotten ten ideas just from talking to y'all. <laughs> good. <laughs> good. Uh, Heck yeah. I'm telling you, man. The I learn more from running my mouth. I just want to thank you guys for letting me come on your podcast and run my mouth. Hey, we I'm, appreciate you coming on and running your mouth. 
Got any more questions for me, man? Been, I am hungry. I ain't ate all day because I've been hey, No, you're good. You've been on your grind, and we've taken up about an hour of your grind. So, um, no, I think I'm I'm good. Um, Alex, you got any any save rounds? No, I don't. I okay. I think I pretty much. It's funny. I I've said this pretty much every time. I always come in thinking like, oh, I'm gonna ask this or ask that, and my questions end up going out the window and that's the way I want it to be. You know, I, I really enjoy these, these conversations, just natural, you know, especially getting to know somebody like you and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, listening to your story. And uh, again, I'll say it, I apologize to the listeners, every single person we have on here. It's like you said earlier, there's, you know, 10 little nuggets that you get from somebody and they're all so similar, but just said a little bit differently and it's just more for the tool belt, you know. It's just more to more more to keep on going. Yeah, man. Yeah. So you gentlemen have a good evening. Oh yeah. Before I go, sprinkles. Sprinkles. That's like my favorite part. I love that commercial so much. <laughs> sprinkles is a new party, people. So Heck hey, yeah. man, crazy because I because I'm an actor. I prepared all that stuff for that yeah. commercial. Yeah, they let me do all that, and that ended up being the imprint that everybody loved, right? Yeah. So there is a there is this thing about preparation, mm-hmm. preparing because even if they didn't use it, you prepared, right? And they used everything. We could have shot five Geico commercials, all the stuff that I had gave to the directors and the producers. So that. Peace. You guys have a good evening. Thanks for having me on the podcast. DC, the brain supreme out. All right. See you later. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. Got it. All right, chat. Well, another one down. Man had a lot of, that's that to say. What a good guy though. Nuggets of knowledge on us, but yeah, it was a good dude for sure. For sure. Um, I'm also not going to hang around very long right now because my arm is uh, killing me and I need to go freaking like take a bath or something. Yeah. And I myself am pretty starving as well. So So, keep it to a nice tight hour. Tight hour. You guys have a great rest of your Father's Day. Make sure you tell your dads thank you and that you love them. And as always, make sure you tell somebody you love them out there. All right, y'all. We will see you next week, okay? Peace. Love you guys.